Well, what a perfect uh, song to introduce this message. Can't live without you. Can't live without you, Jesus. Uh, you may notice there are some people missing today. Uh, some people are staying away. They've, they've, maybe they've been, some people have been exposed to somebody who somebody has been exposed. They're staying away. They're quarantining. Uh, I appreciate everybody's responsibility. I've said uh, when we shut down for a couple of months, it was the hardest decision, hardest decision to close the doors and to say we're not meeting. And I'm determined. I don't want to shut down again. Don't want to shut down again. So, uh, you know, be careful. Trust Jesus. Do your part. I think we're doing what we know to do. So I appreciate everybody's cooperation. Uh, I, I, uh, I think I said early on, too, uh, you know, we operate uh, in giftings a lot around here. I do want to encourage, if the Lord shows you something, write it down and give it to me. We're not really trying to avoid, uh, you know, transferring mics from one person to the next to the next, so uh, as much as possible. So if, you, if the Lord shows you something and then you, you know, you know, have a have a need to, to want it to be shared, just give it to me, or uh, you know one of the, one of the other pastors, and we'll we'll uh, you know see what to do with it. Um, so the title of this message is no interruptions, which may seem like a really odd title for a message when it seems like so much of 2020 our lives have been interrupted by all kinds of stuff. Uh, but as we get into the into the message, you know, the, the, the point is, doesn't matter what else is going on in the world, doesn't matter, you know, whether it's COVID, whether it's elections, whether it's, you know, personal crises going on in your life, Jesus is still good. He's still faithful. He still wants us to, to stay the course, and not only stay the course, but increase the course. Step it up, step it up. We've been hearing it over and over and over again since, uh, really, since the beginning of the year, and you know, when we shut down, you know, what, what's happening in your walk? You know, what are you doing with your time? What are you doing? Uh, you know, he's got plans and purposes for us, and he, those purposes don't change because, because of, uh, of an illness, because of a pandemic, because of, uh, you know, uh, elections, because of anything else peripheral. And so uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this, the title. You know, it's interesting, this deposit, and I, this is just maybe a little bit for those that have never prepared a lesson or whatever. Pastor Ben and Pastor Mark and Pastor Shane and some others of you will understand how the process works in terms of pre presenting a lesson and kind of getting clarity on it and how you go about putting it together and how this is how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And so this deposit, this, I heard this, no interruptions, no interruptions early in the week. And, and so uh, I, when I came to work Tuesday, I was putting it on the sign. That I was putting the title on the sign. And I didn't like the way it looked because no interruptions wouldn't fit all on one line. I'm kind of, I was a newspaper editor and designer for years, so I have an eye for design. And I didn't like that no was up there by itself. And this is just me being, you know, explaining this. this is, you know, maybe nobody will get anything out of this part of this. So it's probably just me 
But anyway, I didn't like the way it looked. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, well, the, this is based on the passage from Galatians. You're running a good race. Who cut in on you? And so I changed the title. Who cut in on your good race? So you know, I had it on the sign for a day. So then I started actually writing, writing my, my lesson and writing, putting it together. And, and, uh, and I was like, that's not what he told me. <laughs> That's not what he told me. He told me no interruptions. And, and, and as I looked at it, I looked at those two titles, no interruptions, who can it on your race? I mean, if, if, you, if you look at it just in terms of the words, if I were to present a, a message today that said, who cut in on your race? I'd be limiting that message to maybe a handful of you because that word, you know, there, many of you, nobody's cut it on your race. Many of you are running a good race, and you're still running a good race. But the no interruptions, and this is what he, what he started showing me with this message, was, was, I don't want any interruption in any one of your lives, no matter what it is, no matter how old you are, or how young you are. I want you to follow me to the end to the end and so I had to go and change my sign and make it look a little bit awkward no on one line and interruptions on this other and, and, if, and if you don't understand fonts fonts are the little types of lettering and the sizes and if you get too small of a font to get it all on one line you won't be able to read it it won't make any it'll just look like gibberish so anyway, that's my little precursor to how, <laughs> how this was. Again, maybe it was just for me to be able to get that off my chest or, or tell you a little bit more about how anal I am about certain things. You know? <laughs> uh, but the, the point is this. You were running a good race, Paul tells us. And we're going to look at, at several passages here in Galatians. Uh, and Paul was really, really concerned about the church. And, uh, and it will get to some of the reasons. You're running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. You know, know today that the one who has called you into his service has a purpose and a plan for your life from the moment you say yes to him until he takes you home or, or he comes back. And, and there's no in-between. There's no, there's no, oh, it's okay, motor you can take a little break from me for a while. He doesn't, there's nowhere where he tells us that. Why would we, why would we even want this? I can't live without you. I've, I've come to that revelation, and I know many of you in this room have come to that revelation, that understanding that you are the air that I breathe. That there's nothing. There's no hope. There's no, there's no sense of understanding or, or uh, meaning, meaning without Christ as the author and the finisher. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying? Ah. Now, that does not, that's not to say that it doesn't happen. It's not to say that, that races don't get interrupted, that walks with him have not gotten interrupted, that, that something hasn't stepped in and caused a person to, to veer or to sw swerve or to even pull away. And uh, 
But understand this, that's never the goal of Jesus. The goal of Jesus is to lead you day by day by day by day by day. And, and, and if you want to really break it down, moment by moment by moment by moment by moment within any given day, within any given week, within any given month, within any given year, it is a constancy. There's a constancy to this walk that, man, I, it, I, I didn't know that when I was a young man. I didn't know that as a young kid growing up going to church, that the dailiness and the continuousness of this relationship with Jesus. And it wasn't about religion. It was about this amazing, amazing person who loves us so much, who loves us so much that he makes provisions for any and all manner of things in our everyday life. It's not just about securing a place in eternity. So no interruptions, no interruptions. So, so uh, in Galatians 3, Paul says this, you foolish Galatians. Um, and I read words like this and I think, man, sometimes people get offended by the silliest things. What if I just said, you foolish abundant lifers? Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? And the, and, and the, the problem that they were experiencing was people were beginning to want to revert back to things of the law rather than the Spirit. And Paul was puzzled by this. And he was like, wait a second, how did you come to this place where you are? Was it by some law? Or was it by believing what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you've heard? Uh, and, and he's kind of making the argument, it's always going to be the Spirit. It's always going to be the Spirit. Uh, the law wasn't enough. There's a reason There's a reason that Jesus came and fulfilled it, but then said, your hope is in me. Your hope is in me. It's in me alone. So then Galatians 5, he says this, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And so, you know, what for you, and, and you know, I don't know everybody's story. I don't know everybody's, the details of everybody's life, but what's that slavery to you? Uh, you know, for Paul's referencing in, in some cases here to the law. The law was actually a slavery, but sin the slavery of sin it will it will keep us bound it will keep us it, it, will, it will keep us separated sin will always will always create this blockage now thankfully we always have the advocate to come back to you know we're all gonna we're, we're gonna fall short i'm not suggesting that we do this perfectly but when we know the truth and we choose to go a different way we're blocking, we're blocking our, our walk. And, 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 it, and it interrupts us. It interrupts us. I, one of the things that's always astounded me over the years is uh, of, of, of being in church life is, uh, and especially when we were, we were younger and working with younger people, is uh, somebody would mess up. They'd mess up and they'd say, well, I can't go to church because I messed up. Who told you that? Who told you that? He takes us messed up. 
if the only way I can walk in this door is by being all spit and polished and clean, cleaned up and in a state of perfection, I'd never walk in the door. And, and I'm a believer. I'm a follower. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. So stand firm then. Stand firm then. Then what does that what does that mean for you? What does that what does that require? What does it require of us to stand firm? What does it require of you to stand firm? There's a reason. There's a reason over and over again we say ground yourself in the scriptures ground yourself in the scriptures ground yourself in them let your eyes see them every day let your ears hear them every day again not out of some sort of obligatory legal uh, legal thing that if you don't somehow god's going to be mad at you it's not that at all it's because he loves you so much that as i feed on his word and it helps me to stand firm i can't stand firm apart from his truths. You know, it's interesting. I said there's lots of things that have interrupted life this year. Some of you have, have had your lives interrupted by death. I look at Deb over here, whose husband passed away during the height of COVID. And we couldn't go. We weren't allowed to go. We weren't allowed to be there. We weren't allowed to we weren't allowed to minister. We weren't allowed to experience any of that with her. But I look at her life, and she's here week after week after week. The Hops, the Hops lost their teenage son, and that has not interrupted their walk. I'm not saying that they haven't grieved, and they don't have painful times, and they don't have tears, and they don't have difficulties with all of that. That's real. That's real life stuff. But they're still walking it out. They're still walking it out. These are examples for us. Examples for us. To say, I haven't experienced anything like that. And I didn't get my way, and so I'm mad. It's for freedom. Freedom that Christ has set us free. Why is it we shout and jump around and wave our hands and dance and freedom we have freedom there's nothing nothing preventing us from expressing physically our devotion and maybe that's not for everybody and that's okay we don't require that of anybody but it's personal and yes while we're we're doing this corporately we're here together doing that it's still personal I don't care what you all do in your worship. <laughs> it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Don't let anything, don't get burdened again by yoke of slavery. Don't let anything interrupt your, interrupt your walk. So then he goes on, are you, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law or by your believing what you have heard? Spirit, 
Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Jesus said when he was leaving this earth, he was giving you his spirit so that you'd, he'd remind you of everything he taught. He'd provide everything you needed throughout your daily life. He's given us everything we need to walk in obedience by his spirit. We live by his spirit, not by the flesh. Scripture says we keep in step with his spirit so that we don't fall away. Keep in step with his spirit. Again, how do we do that? Stay grounded in his word. Stay grounded in prayer. Stay grounded in, 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 in worship. Stay grounded in fellowship. All the, all again, basic foundational things. This may sound in some ways like it's a foundational message, but I believe it's really important at this time. Lord's saying, I want no interruptions. I want no interruptions in your walk with me, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the struggle is. I'm there for you. I'm going to see you through. I'm going to see you through. Do things my way. Haven't enough of us try to hit our own way? It won't work. It won't work. Are you still so foolish? And then again, uh, he says this, Paul says this, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And, and I really believe that the, 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 uh, this part of this, this, this passage, uh, there's lots of stuff out there. There's lots of information out there. There's lots of people saying all kinds of things. The, the, the gospel, the scriptures will always, always, always be true. They will always be true. And we've gone, you know, we've gone over the years through many, many teachings about deceptions and, and how the enemy still uses the same old line. Well, does it really say that? Does the scriptures really mean that? Does it really? Uh, yeah, it really still does. It really still does. It always will. It will be unchanged and it will prevail. It, you know, it will prevail. We're, we're, we're not, you know, anybody who's been around here for any length of time knows that we're going to give you the truth and we're not going to deviate from it, and we're not going to apologize for not deviating from it. We've had some hard lessons at times to, to present, um, but we, you can, it, the, the Word of God can always be presented in a loving yet firm manner. That's the, that's the, the, the strength of the Word, that it is, not, it is not going to lose its power. It is not going to lose its truth just because the culture changes or the culture wants you to change with it. In First Timothy, we read these words, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. And see, you know, that, that last part is, is, the, is the concern because our consciences get seared the more we separate. If we separate ourselves from Christ, pretty soon we, again, we've, all, we've probably experienced this in some way, either personally or we watched it happen, where little by little by little by little by little we're accepting things that we would have never accepted before, that we're, that we're allowing our, our eyes to see or, or ears to hear things that maybe in the past we would have said, no, that's not right. No, that's, it doesn't matter that it's, it's part of the culture now. It's not going to be part of my culture. 
It's not going to be part of my culture. Uh, you know, and I, I mean, I reference just simple use of language, simple use of language. I mean, I, you know, I still hear of believers in Jesus who thinks it's okay to just cuss like a, and I don't see anywhere in scripture where that's supported. So watch your words, watch your words. We're going to have to answer for every word that comes out of our mouth. And so and that's just a simple thing, you know, uh, The Spirit clearly says that at a later time some will abandon the faith. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. I don't want that to be any one of us. I don't want that to be any one of us. There's nothing breaks our hearts when we see a, a, a follower of Jesus who for whatever reason, gets caught up in something that uh, that they were already rescued from. And I'm not again. I'm not suggesting that there's no way back because there's always a way back. As long as as long as we have breath and Jesus has still uh, hasn't returned yet, there's a way. And so I'm not I'm not saying that in any sort of a judgy, uh, you know, pounding in a in a you know a nail uh, type way. I'm saying it because He loves you. He loves you and he knows what's best for you. And he has the answers for you. Watch your life and doctrine closely. I think I've been referencing this verse repeatedly over the last uh, you know, seven, eight months. Watch your life and doctrine closely. We don't live life passively. We are living for Jesus intentionally every day, every day, every day. It's funny, in the Men of Valor class this Wednesday, uh, it was one of those kind of th- uh, throw out random question type things. And and uh, I think Gary picked up the question that said, if you could do anything in your life for Jesus, what would it be? And uh, and the reality, uh, it, was, it was cool that Gary got this question because the reality is, I just want to serve him every day and share the gospel with people every day and he's doing it. You know, if you could do anything for Jesus, what would you do it? And he's doing it. I mean, what, a, what an amazing, what an amazing, you know, th- thing to realize that the thing I would do for Jesus, I actually get to do. I actually get to do. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Persevere in the th- things that you're supposed to be doing and the things that he's called you to and the, and the giftings he's given you. Persevere in them. Don't let anybody, don't let, don't let being tired stop you from doing it. Don't let trials that come against you keep you from stepping into them and keep stepping into them. The, the scripture gives us the reason because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. Uh, you'll keep yourself in line, but there's somebody else watching. There's somebody else watching. There's somebody watching your life whether you know it or not. I got a Facebook message a few weeks ago from a young kid. Well, I don't know how old he is now, but he was a young kid when he came here, teenager, who, uh, you know, I hadn't seen or heard from him for a long time. I don't even know if he lives around here anymore. But uh, but he has been in a, a period of self-examination of his life, you know. And, uh, you know, and I didn't ever spend a whole lot of time with this person. I, you know, I played basketball maybe a few times with him in the gym. Uh, 
But he said, uh, I was just thinking about some of the things that you've taught on over the year, over the time that I was there, and and some of it's just is still sticking. And it was just more of an encouraging thing. Hey, thank you for. And I was like, I had no idea. I, I, you know, I had no, I had no idea uh, that uh, that you have you have no idea the impact of somebody watching your life, watching your life, and somehow gleaning something from you. And it makes a difference. Your life makes a difference. Your life in Christ makes a difference. What you are modeling for your children makes a difference. The other day, I got to hang out with my grandson, who's uh, uh, one year and one month old, 11 months old. I don't see them here today, but uh, but I got to hang out with them, and uh, I get I got go to their house before they go to work and hang out with him throughout the day. And so, you know, he was ju- I was just getting him up, uh, you know, he was, he was sleepy. And uh, I had him in his high chair. <clears throat> and, uh, and he's, the, if you haven't seen Dominic, he's a pretty happy kid. But he's sitting in his chair and, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm starting to feed him, you know. And, and then I just said, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And he smiles, you know, smiles. And pretty soon, praise Jesus. His little hand goes up. I don't know where that came from. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know whether Caitlin and, and, uh, and Aaron, you know, do any of that. I don't, I've not seen anything to suggest that they do, but, uh, but it wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and then pretty soon, praise Jesus. He's only a year old. I don't know, I mean, not all, he doesn't have any understanding of anything that I know of, but stuff gets planted early. Stuff gets planted early. What do we model? What do we model? People who are watching our lives. What do we model? Persevere, persevere, persevere. No interruptions, no interruptions, no interruptions. I remember when the Larrabees first started coming, and uh, and there would be times when Katie and Donnie would be like, "Oh, we're tired, you know, we're tired. We're not going to church today." And Henry would say, "Are we going to church today?" And they'd come to church. When you're, I don't know how old's Henry. Yeah, six. You know, I think it was five, five or four at the time. You know, when your five-year-old says, "Are we going to church?" Because she's discovered something that matters to him. Something that means something to him. Watch your life and doctrine closely. No interruptions. No interruptions, no matter the difficulty. Yes, there are difficulties. There are very real difficulties. Not giving any short shrift to the truth of that. Not, not saying that, that any of that is easy. It's not. It's tough. There's tough things. Tough things people are, are going through. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, uh, 12, 13. If you think you're standing firm, if you think you're standing firm, if you think you're standing firm, careful that you don't fall. Careful that you be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what's common to man. There's nothing out there that is going to try to lure you that is not common. It's, it's not, you know, a lot of times when we're tempted or we're in something, we think, 
I'm the only one that feels this way. I'm the only one that has experienced this. I'm the only one that has this bad thought. I'm the only one that... That's a lie. That's a lie. No temptation has overtaken you except what's common to mankind. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That's still true. That's still true. That's still true. Now the world will say, if you feel it, do it. It's your own body. It's your own thing. You're you're your own person. Be whatever you want to be. No. No temptation has ceased you except what's common to man. God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. Our job in that equation is, okay, Lord, what is the way out of this? What is the way out? Because you tell me you'll provide it. Now I need to see it. And I think it's sometimes as simple as just saying those words to him. Lord, where, what, what is the way out of this? I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling you know, tempted in this or that or the other. What is the way out? Because he has the answer and we'll give it to you. First Thessalonians tells us this, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. Test everything the scriptures tell us. Test everything. You hear something, test it. Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with scripture? That's your first place to, does it line up with scripture? If it doesn't line up with scripture, it's out of here. Reject it. Reject it. That uh, I told you last week uh, on my message, uh, "Move That Mountain," that uh, that I've been freed from watching the news. <laughs> Yippee! I'm a newsman. <laughs> it's no longer part of my identity. Uh, so I found myself going to bed early. Uh, and I, I, I like staying up late, but anyway, uh, I've been waking up uh, at various times in the middle of the night uh, because I'm sleeping earlier. And so this morning, I, was, I think I woke up about 4.30. And, uh, and for whatever reason, here's what my thought was. The armor of God. The armor of God. Now, you know, we, know, we know the passage from Ephesians 6. You know, put on the armor of God. So that you could withstand the ways of the, the you know the ways the trials of the enemy, you could withstand all of this. And so uh, when I I woke up, but I didn't get up. <laughs> I woke up, but I didn't get up. I, I just I laid there and just mauled over the armor of God, the armor of God. And and I you know and I just got to think about the, those six those six references he makes to what he refers to as armor. And man, if we keep those if we keep those six things in place and, and intentionally intentionally put on those those pieces of armor every single day, we are not going to let our walk, our walk will not be interrupted. Nothing will be able to penetrate. Nothing will be able to get through. No lie of the enemy, no deception, no temptation, no tragedy, no difficulty because we've got our armor in place. We've got our armor in place. 
We've got our belt of truth, belt of truth, buckled securely so that when we hear a lie, when we hear a lie, when we hear something deceptive, we're able to dismiss it outright because the belt of truth is in place. Pastor Don, and for those who, that for that for those for whom that name is 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 an unknown, Pastor Don Stevenson was our founding pastor. He's with Jesus now, and Pastor Don used to uh, used to this was part of his everyday regimen. He used to teach this to us. He'd say every morning when I wake up, I put on my armor, and he would go through the six pieces of armor, and he would and he would he would demonstrate with motions. I felt putting my buckle in place, and I'm putting my helmet on, and it's still true. It's still true. The armor of God still is necessary and useful so that our walk does not get interrupted. The breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, walking in right ways with him will always be the right thing. I've said this over and over and over again. Doing the right thing will always be the right thing. That's not going to change. So walking in his righteous ways no matter how much sin might feel good at times it's not what he desires for us so having that breastplate of righteousness in place to protect what breastplates what's it protecting heart issues heart things keep us secure how many of these how many of these pieces of weaponry when they're in place when those darts come just fall off they don't ever ever reach us because we got our armor on and we don't even necessarily know that they were lobbed toward toward us simply because we have our armor on our feet fitted with readiness having our feet firmly planted secure 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 Readiness, ready to go, ready to obey, ready to share, ready to care, ready to love, ready to do what he's told us to do. And we've been talking a lot about that in these days that the Lord is calling his people, he's calling us to be more ready than we were yesterday. And I'm not talking about being ready to go home with him. Yeah, we want that for sure. But I'm talking about being ready to do what he's told you to do and step into it. Don't delay. The shield of faith. The shield of faith. Having that shield in place. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So having that shield firmly positioned that says, no, no, it's my faith. What has sustained Deb? What has sustained the Hups? What sustained the Sloans through difficulties, struggles? Their faith is strong. Their faith is strong. Gary will tell the account over and over again when Mary Ellen had her stroke all those years ago and she wasn't expected to live the night. And the doctor wanted to give him medication to put him on, to help him through it. And he's like, our faith is strong. Our faith is in Christ. Our faith is strong. Mary Ellen's here all these years later, living a, a fruitful, thriving life. Not without difficulties, but their faith is strong. Their faith is strong because they... They intentionally put up the shield of faith every single day. The helmet of salvation, that helmet, 
that helmet that protects our brain, our mind, that says, our enemy will say, well, you know, if you are really saved, or if Jesus really loved you, there's lies. No, when we've got the helmet on, no. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I've met the author of my story, and he's mine. He's yours too. But Pastor Don used to say I'm his favorite. <laughs> and but what he meant like by that was each one of us can say that. And again, that's not an ego thing. It's not. There's nothing about that. It's ego. It's understanding who we are in Him. Helmet of salvation, protecting us, protecting us. Sword of the Spirit, sword of the Spirit, that word, that word, that word that will always, always, always be true. It will always feed us. It will correct us when we need correction. It will give us revelation. It will give us understanding. It will point us to Jesus. The scriptures over and over again point us to who Jesus is. The armor. The armor. So yeah, when the Lord woke me up at four o'clock in the morning and began to show me armor, it's like, okay, this is this is this is the how to end this message. Put your armor on. Put your armor on every day. Keep it on. Don't take it off. Don't take it off. No interruptions. No interruptions. I look around this room. You know, we have new believers in this room. We have brand new Christians in this room. We have people who have walked with Jesus for a long time and everybody in between. Everybody in between. And for those of you who are younger, if there's something you're struggling with, if there's something you need answers to, there's people here. There's people here who have been through things. Who've been through things. Who have more experience than you in how to maneuver through difficulties in life. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that we in this place have the Gary Sloans and we referenced Dave Conrad over the years and Gil Kibbe and, and Greg Langer, people that are older have been through things that we haven't been through yet. But they're still here wanting to learn. I'll still never forget Gil showing up at two places, showing up first of all in our open door class back when we still had small groups meeting on Sunday mornings. That will happen again sometime soon. Well, sometime. I don't want to say soon. But I remember him showing up the week after Jean went home to be with Jesus. The Sunday after, her funeral was on Friday, he shows up Sunday to open door class. And it had not been to the open door class before. This was a first time experience for him. But he said, I, I miss my wife. I love my wife very much. But she's with Jesus now. 
and I need to still grow my walk. I need to still participate in the things God has for me. And then he shows up at Men of Valor and says the very same thing. There's things I still need to learn. And, and he's said repeatedly in that class, man, I never thought I'd ever hear this discussed in church. We talk about hard things. We talk about difficult issues that are relevant. And the church needs to know how to answer people about difficult things in our culture. And so we do that. And he's like, all the years I've been in church, I've never had this, I never thought I'd hear this kind of discussion. And he was saying that in a positive way. He wasn't like, it was a bad thing. No interruptions. No interruptions. Who's with me? Who's with me? No interruptions. I know many of you are. I know many of you are. I'm not looking, I'm not looking for hands. <laughs> Let's stand. personalize this message ask yourself what is a threat what is a threat that could interrupt my walk and if if you've come to the conclusion nothing awesome awesome but I want you to personalize but I also want you to think who can I encourage Who's a brother or a sister or a family or a, that I can encourage, that I can, that I can pray for, that I can speak a word of encouragement to? You know, early in the year, and actually toward the end of last year and into this year, we've seen our young people just being called into these places of worship that are that are rich and maybe that's challenging to us but I want you to turn that into a way to encourage them to say man I your fire for Jesus it's making a difference it's making a difference and man I I could look at pretty much all of our teenagers in the room today say your walk is making a difference So who can you encourage with this word? Don't let anybody interrupt your the fire that's in you. Don't anybody put that fire out. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have called us to a walk that is every single day, 
every single day. You made a way for us to walk with you every day, to engage with you every day, to come up close to you every day, to receive from you. I thank you that you still hear us when we pray, that we're not just talking to the wind, that we're talking to a loving, caring Savior who loves us so much to tell us the truth, who loves us so much to want us to stay close and to not go back to things that he rescued us from. So Father, I thank you. I pray that this word, will you'll seal it into our, into our minds, into our spirit, that we'll declare to ourselves, to our minds, to our families, no interruptions in our walk with Jesus. No interruptions. No interruptions. Lord, I thank you that no matter what else is going on in this world, no matter what other things people are dealing with, that you are sure you are that sure foundation, that strong tower. And I pray that every one of us will embrace that truth. We're so grateful to you, so grateful for your faithfulness. I pray blessing, blessing on every household represented. I pray healing and strength for ones that aren't here today, for ones who need your touch. We continually pray, continually pray that you'll protect us. You'll protect us. We'll keep giving you all the praise. We'll keep surrendering to you over and over again and keep giving you all the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen.